happening. We back, 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 back at it again. What's happening, everybody? It is Mike J, and I'm with me. Yeah, it's your boy Bowtie Fresh. You're back on the scene. Too clean. You know what I'm saying? How y'all doing this afternoon? Chilling, man. Hey, man. It's been like I was talking to Bowtie before we got started. It's been 25 years since the infamous Bronco chase. And if I remember a couple episodes ago, we did our top five moments. We wish we had Twitter. And this was actually one of mine, man. So I still remember watching the Bronco chase after watching the Knicks in the uh in the in the Rockets in the in the NBA finals, man. So pushing past that, Bowtie, tell 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 the world if they haven't known who's on Twitter now. Oh, hey, hey, on Twitter as we speak, uh, I think the last time I saw he was up to 620,000 followers. Your guy, OJ, a.k.a. No Glove, yeah. a.k.a. I'm getting thing, getting even, as he said on Twitter. Hey. OJ is on Twitter, y'all. Hey, it scared the hell out of me when he said getting even. Though. I was like, oh, shit, the Houston got even. Hey, man, I, I didn't know what to expect. When I saw the, like, the little things and stuff, talking about OJ's online, then I saw the videos, I'm like, oh, shit, he about to, he about to hurt. He about to do some damn damage. He's going to wind yeah. up back in jail again. That's oh, the first yeah. thing I thought. Oh, yeah, you know, OJ's stupid enough to say some stuff. If I wanted to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, he already did that with the book. But, yeah, the juices. Back and looking, the juice is back in quarter one and looking for payback. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, <laughs> that is crazy, man. That the juice is, is on uh, is on Twitter, man. So, that's hey, cr- man, speaking of, speaking, speaking of old school ill cats, man, you since since the juice is out and he's on Twitter, man, you think he didn't pay a visit to Cosby and the damn clink? Oh, speaking of Cosby, <laughs> man, speaking of Cosby, man, they got mad that Cosby put a Father's Day thing out. Are you talking about, hey, 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 it's America's favorite dad? <laughs> Talk that shit, King. <laughs> then he had, this video, he had this video from, I guess, the 70s, talking about how, you know, the, you know Father's Day and how I think America's tried to break, break up the, the black man from the family, man. So, yeah, I, said, I yeah. saw it. I saw yeah, it. Yeah, man, so Kaz is, Kaz is out here, man, living. That's crazy, so, yeah, man. You Kyle's think Kaz is going to make Kyle's a jail sentence? Thing. He got, three, he got three to ten. Uh, he I, I, he might be able to get four if they let him out. I think Kaz might be able to get four. Hmm. But uh, anything after that, I don't know, man. And then too, I, I also kind of think, okay, what is is Kaz? They say he's in Gen Pop, but like really, like what type of Gen Pop is Kaz in? You know what I mean? Like, is he really out there with the boys? You know what I'm saying? Or is or is he kind of in that Gen Pop? Just like, yeah, it's Gen Pop, but you know, kind of. Kind of low key, not a whole lot going on. Right, but at the same I, time, I, I think he might be running like Deuce. Now you remember they had that swole dude on South Central. Yeah. <laughs> the Hoover Deuce. Hey, they might. Hey, Kyle's might. Kyle's got enough money to get the killers on on deck. Kyle's all like, well, you know, you already got hit with. What they say? Got hit with a uh, a chicken sandwich. Oh, you got right hit with a chicken girl. sandwich. Yeah. Oh man, Kyle's might have been like the hell with this. Throw them Cosby residuals on. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting the killers on commissary on on the Kyle's. Man, Kyle's handing out 15 box. <laughs> 15 box, a cigarette. <laughs> and hey, speaking, man. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Speaking of prison, bro, and not that we want to belabor this point, I read somewhere, I forgot what state it was, prisoners could have marijuana, but they could not smoke it. I, okay. I was just, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brilliant. What are you going to do, eat it? What are you going to do, like, right. Put it like make like bud brownies or something like that, man. So I, I don't I don't know. I just like y'all, y'all gonna do make ghetto CBD oil. I, I, I was just, about to I, say they're they gonna they gonna, they gonna have that prison CBD oil. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> Rub it in. Hey, 
sleep with it under your nose. <laughs> hey, that's, that's crazy. And I didn't know the CBD oil was that expensive. Hey, man. I, that's like a small hey, thing, like $96. Yeah, man, there's a lady that I know that, that is um, a, a professional in, in, in the Indianapolis area. Hey, man, she lives and dies. She swear by the CBD oil, man. She's oh, yeah. all of, she's all about it here in the NAP, man. For real, I didn't know I didn't know it was like that, but she, she, hey, I think she using that bad boy just just as much as she put put that on, you know, maybe some some olive oil on on some on some tilapia <laughs> or something, you know what I mean, like. Damn, but for real, that's crazy, man. Hey, man, speaking speak of good food, man, how was your Father's Day, bro? Oh, it was cool, man. It was cool, man. It was probably laid back. We went to Chicago this weekend. Um. We went to the uh, my, my my lady, her uh, best friend got her PhD. So shout out to her. Shout out, shout out. Uh, so we went to University of Chicago this weekend for the graduation, man. So we just it was just fast motion, man. Anybody, you know, a shout out to listening in Chicago. I mean, you know how going to Chicago, sitting in traffic, stand up and going through everything, man. So I hadn't been to Chicago that many times. So I was able to see everything that I only thing I didn't get to see like sport. I didn't get I didn't get to see Wrigleyville. And I didn't when Wrigley Field, and I didn't get to go see uh, that place that the mother with with uh for the cat or the heifers play. I didn't get to see that. I wasn't on I was a couple exits away from where the heifers play. So oh man, so so, so what you're saying is your trip wasn't complete, man. You didn't you didn't you didn't go to the mecca. Is that what you're saying? Oh, if you want to be a teen as well, like 20, <laughs> like on thirty and fifty two, then yeah, that probably would have completed. But, it was it was cool, man. Pretty laid back, man. Got a got a kind of got a couple of gifts, man. Got some dinner prepared for guys for me yesterday, and got a card and some some kids and little stuff. So it's always good, man. It, you know how Father's Day is, bro. It ain't never, you know, it's always about. You ain't never gonna get that love like Mother's Day. I remember my pops told me that years ago, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, man. You ain't never gonna be like Mother's Day, and I was like, oh, man, ain't tripping. Yep, he was right. <laughs> Cause that. Was, <laughs> what about you, bro? So you ain't shit. That's what they're going to say. No, <laughs> uh, nah, man, my father's day was pretty good, man. Uh, literally spent about 80% of the day at the football field. Uh, both my boys had uh, tournament games yesterday. And so pretty much was there from about noon to about 7.30 last night, bro. So that was my father's day. I did get treated to a nice little breakfast that morning. I went to the Metro Diner here in Indianapolis. Uh, it has been on uh, Food Food Network, diners, dive, diners, drive-ins, and dives before. Some good eating up there, bro. Um, is, that your there first time, is that your first time going? Yeah, that was my first time being yeah, there. Yeah, I, I guess it's good so, so I, I had had, uh, we call it carry-out or take-out um, yeah. from there before, but never had the opportunity to go in and uh, sit inside and enjoy. It was real cool, man. But. Other than that, you know, it was it was low key. Like I was I was a father on Father's Day. I was on the sidelines coaching and, you know, cheering my boys on as much as I could and, you know, that sort of thing. My my youngest, um, his his uh, age group or the the league, they call that the Lombardi League. Um, we actually won the championship in that league. So definitely shout out and, and proud of my young dude. Uh, he scored two touchdowns in the championship game. He had a had a rushing and a passing touchdown in the championship game and um, he won the most complete player award because they play defense in that age group too. Um, so he had uh, won the most complete player award in the league for excellence on offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, and he also tied for most touchdowns in that age group too. So uh, definitely proud of my of my boys and the things that they're doing. My oldest son, he 
had a big game uh, in our final game. We lost in the semifinals, but he had a big game in, in, uh, on the defensive side of the ball in that game. So I was a dad, man. You know, on Father's Day, I was being a dad. It wasn't a lot of rest and chilling and relaxing or anything like that, but uh, it was it was being a dad. So, you know, good Father's Day. Blessed for my sons and my son's health and their abilities and that sort of thing. But, you know, had to be a dad. Pulled out a game was weak those two times, so oh, yeah. here I am. <laughs> pump, pump, pump and dump. Hey, speaking, speaking of sports, man, so you know, kid, she's tall, bro. Yo, she had to have the basketball camp last week. And Tuesday, she got a little timid. Thursday, she started beasting, you know, shooting. She hit a couple jumpers, getting there, start competing. So the coach ran up on me. I was ready to go. He was ran up on me. Like, hey, man, I want her to play, blah, blah, blah. I get here. Take my number. Blah. So, you know, they start conditioning on Tuesday. So, oh, um, shoot. Runner I'm, about to have, I'm about to have to make some games out there. I'm gonna be talking shit. You already Damn, know I am. <laughs> I'm run her till she drops. I'm coming. I'm coming <laughs> to the games. Yeah, and she knows if you ever seen she's tall for her age. So yeah, I know. I yeah, know. So she's probably since you seen she's gotten taller. So it's uh <laughs> yeah. So Damn. she's definitely yeah. So she's definitely there. So she starts uh, sixth grade this year. So they can't play. They can't play like like you know, like middle school ball again until they get to seven. So this would be her year and then. You know, it depends if she makes the team seventh grade or whatever she wants to do, then it goes on from that. But I think this is oh, going yeah. to see what oh, you she know that, You know, that was Uncle Bowtie's sport. We about to get out on the court. I'm teaching her all kinds of bad habits. Telling her, yell, give me that shit when she blocks oh, girl's man. shots. Oh, <laughs> man, she, that's the thing. She's, she's like, super nice because I told her, block the shot. I don't want to block the shot. I don't, I, you know, I was like, no. Oh. Half a, you know, I almost oh. got caught myself. Oh, oh. Uncle Bowtie about to get her out there. We're going to get her yeah. together. Yeah, man. She, she, yeah, she, it was different, man. But it, it was it definitely was cool, man. So That's I what's up. Couple, ask you a couple of questions, man. So what's your favorite part about being a father, bro? Oh, man. Just like uh, one thing you can just get, you know, one thing that you think like, oh, the first thing comes to your mind. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind about a favorite part of being a father is the time. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing how much those – my two boys – uh, they enjoy every all the time they can with me, whether it's playing a sport, whether it's uh, playing Xbox, whether we're just sitting down having a conversation about all kinds of stuff now that my boys are getting older. But uh, I think that's my favorite part, having that time spent with them and seeing them come into their own and transition into their own personalities and, and young men. So that's probably my favorite part. What about yourself? Uh, I mean, the time and, like, the growth that you see, because I got with my lady, she was, uh, her daughter was six at the time, I think it was six, six, yeah, I think she might have just either six or seven, she was in the first grade, but now she's going to the sixth grade, so seeing, like, our, our relationship has developed from not really being spending that much time, and, like, we do little things, and now to, like, full-fledged, like, we're doing this, and you know, I was like, "Hey, you're you're out here playing balls and you're doing all this type of stuff. You're going to become a young a young lady now." So yeah. our conversations have obviously you said have changed over the years from sure conversations of like you know make sure you do this, do this, and this, and to now it's like, "Oh, you're becoming a young lady." So that is probably the first thing that comes to mind. Like this isn't my biological child, but I was blessed to have you know my stepdad who works in my dad stepped in. And it was a yeah. seamless transition. So, and I, we shout out to those gentlemen who step in when the kid is not theirs. And, you know, they don't treat, you know, I never wanted to treat her like she was, you know, like uh, like an accessory to her mother. So that was always my thing, like be the best man that I could be. Absolutely, so, and, and, I, and I can say that I think in this case, made both of them made me a better man. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'll tell you that. So let me ask you one more thing, man, and we can kind of switch off. Like, what's the number one thing you take from your dad that you give to your kids? 
man, uh, number one thing I take from my dad is, is humility. Uh, my pops always taught me that uh, as a man, you need to be a servant man. I'm a man of God um, and a man of my family, and you need to be a servant man of, of God and, and of your family. Um, and when I say servant, that means uh, sometimes, a lot of times what, what you do takes the back burner uh, or what you want takes the back burner. Um, but the humility portion comes in that there is nothing too great or too lesser of you. Nothing is beneath you. Um, you, you treat everyone the same, no matter what their, what their, you know, race, religion, economic status, profession, education, whatever. Um, because you can learn from everybody, uh, take little things and, and, and learn things from everybody. And I try to instill that in my kids too. Uh, my kids are very, very blessed as I, as am I, um, uh, to be able to provide them the, <laughs> this cul-de-sac life that they live so to speak my kid my kids don't want for any or, or or anything at all and um that's just a pure blessing but that is the probably the one thing i take from my father um is, is just that humility factor like you 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 serve the lord you serve your family um and, and make sure that they are in a good position man and um shout out to my pops man shout out to shout out to, to father bowtie He's the original bow tie. He's the original, you know, gentleman's gentleman, the original Dapper Dan. You know what I'm saying? Coffee. Uh, yeah, man. You know, if I, I wouldn't be nothing without my father, man. I always say if I could be half the man that my father is, I'd be doing something good, man. Uh, my, my father is an absolutely amazing man. Um, I, I can't say enough about him, you know, and it's not just that he's my, that he's my father. Uh, his peers and the individuals that he's always around and other members of our family, um, extended family and things like that or say the same exact thing about him. So, like I said, shout out to my pops. Love you until my casket drops. Uh, you know, everything everything you've ever done for me, provided for me, for my family, for my kids, all of that, the wisdom. Uh, love you, pops. And, and, you know, here's to many more years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I second that. I mean, I know, I know both ties, pops. His pops and our – his pops and my pops are friends. Yeah. So, you know, it's the same thing, man. My pops always – he, you know, he, 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 you know, he, he talked to me a lot, but he was always like a man of action. Like I always put Christ first. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's always showing me how to be a man. You know what I mean? He, and like my pops, he like let him hang and not the fact of being like an aggressive man. Cause everybody knows my pops. He's a big guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you come over, it's a big loving type of cat. And you know, he's always like, he let his nuts hang. And you know, that was like working his ass off. Like, you know, you know, during Christmas time, we knew we wasn't no sins cause he was working. And, you know, we yeah. didn't see him as much, as, you know, because we knew he was out here working. And he always said, well, I could be at home more, but there's some things that I want to provide for y'all. So, I mean, yeah. I take that, you yeah. know, as a man, man. So he's like, like a man's man. You know, he always taught me, taught me everything I know. You know, some things I did, I wish I would have listened to him more. But, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to bump your head on things. And I bump my head a lot. But just having that, man, that love and, like, being blessed to be able to have my pops be with me like from when I was six years old to now then I have a great relationship with my biological dad we've gotten so close much closer as we've gotten older man so that's been a blessing man so yeah to be able I, was to have gonna, I, I was gonna say the same thing too man I, I definitely want to give a shout out shout out to Cap uh, my, my stepdad uh, my parents you know my biological parents split and I was blessed to have uh, not only uh, you know my, my biological parents mother and father um, but I was blessed to have my, my stepmother, uh, you know, love her to to, to death. Um, but also, you know, my stepdad, Cap, man, he he done a lot for my family, you know, on my mom's side, my brothers. Um, and, you know, he, he was 
a, a bit of a different personality, but he's still a, a you know a stand up dude, a good man. You know, he's paid for my brothers to go to school, go through college. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, just just a different the, the variation and different things and you know aspects of life that that being around him presented. So uh, definitely much love to Cap too. You know what I'm saying? And, and all the men that have like Mike J said earlier that you know whether it's your your biological child, your stepchild, whether you're filling in for a child whose father is not there, because I do that as well. You know, there's a young man that is very close to my family um, that lost his father at a very young age. Um, but him and my oldest son are like best friends. And he, he doesn't have a lot of male role models or figures in his life that are here in the city. You know, his, his grandfather and uncles live in a different state. Um, but I treat him as my own. You know, he plays virtually every sport that my sons play. Um, and I coach him and I try to teach him them life lessons as well. So men that, that are just stepping up and being in, in individuals' lives, whether it's your child or a child that you see that's in need, a child in your church, you know, in your, in your, in your you know, other child in your family or in your community. Uh, you know, shout out to all those fathers and father-like figures out there, you know what I mean? Because a lot of men aren't doing that. A lot, oh, yeah. of men are running, a lot of men are running away from the responsibility. A lot of men are avoiding it. A lot of men don't accept it. Um, but it takes, I should say a lot of boys do that because it takes a man to really step up and step in especially as someone that is that is not your own so you know that's that's the grown manish podcast you know we grow men you know what i'm saying and that's what we that's what we do um and, and you know if, if there's anything that we can do you know to aid in the, in the in the life of a young person and try to make their lives better whether it's you know emotionally or spiritually or you know maybe financially you know we can go out and get some pizza or something or you know take you <laughs> take you to yeah. Take you to you know a little you know a little park or something like that and do something, but anything like that, man. You know, uh, the Grown Manage podcast definitely steps up, steps up and steps out, man. So shout out to all the fathers and you know fathers that that are in in place or not in place, and hopefully these young folks can can get some guidance, man. Because I was blessed enough to have uh, a father, a stepfather, and like Mike J said earlier too, man. You know, Mike J's pops is like another pops for me. Because Mike J, yeah, Mike J's pops didn't take no shit off me. You know, he taught me the same life lessons. Like I said, me and Mike J, been, we've been boys since damn grade school. So our parents are, you know, just the same. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely, definitely got a lot of love for, for Mike J's pops as well, man, because he's like my own. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. We all played basketball together. I remember, man, one time Bowtie came over my house and we were supposed to come back, and we came back late, and my mama was pissed. So oh, yeah. My mama told his daddy. <laughs> so, oh, it was yeah, we got, we got it from everybody. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, man, it's just a long time. And one thing, last thing I want to finish up, I seen something from the CDC, and it was talking about the impact of black men having their, like, as far as, like, the time spent and the amount, the percentage of time spent with what black men do compared to other races, and it's super high. I don't have it in front of me now, but you can hire Google black, black males as father, CDC, you know, come up to the percentages. I don't want to get percentages. I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, it's just a great right, thing right. to be able to give back into the life of someone else, man. But let's, let's transition, bro. Speaking of somebody who doesn't do a lot for other people or less people that he may be getting something from, and that would be that damn Trump, man. Oh, God. He was out here, here wild <laughs> on, on the. Uh, they had the. They had a special. It was Thirty hours with George Stephanopoulos. Hey man, did you see it? it no, I, I did oh, not see that. Uh, yo man, number one, it was dude. The start kept bringing up like the Russia case out the blue. What was he talking about that? 
And then, you know, he's bringing that up. So then they're in the car, right? So they got this, they have this, uh, they think they call it the beast. So that's like the presidential limo. And they couldn't give too many details yeah. about it. But you know, that mug, is, that mug was cold. All I know, they said it could have, have tear grass and like oil, sand, all type of stuff that could come out of it. So, so Trump is sitting in there. He's talking to George. And he's just like, you know, so George starts talking about the polling numbers. And then Trump started calling the man a liar. He's like, I don't believe you. You know, <laughs> I don't believe you. So then they, so then after, like, they cut to another scene. And they were like, oh, well, no, we did get the background information. And, you know, George was right. You know, the Trump is behind in, like, 15 major battleground states. So then he gets there. So then he says he's actually an honest guy. And, you know, we talked about lying the other couple podcasts. <laughs> you know, you have to be like a pure, just like a horrible liar if you have to, like, say, I'm actually an honest guy. Like, like no, no, guys, really, really, yeah, I'm honest. Actually, really. actually, I'm honest. <laughs> like, I mean, he does that, man. And then, like, my man said he would take information from foreign governments, which, you know, the, you know, the people who oversee all the election stuff is illegal. Like, it, it was just wild, man. It was just like one hour of pure laughter on this cat. Then he looks like crazy, man. Like, he, he has these real, these crazy raccoon eyes where he puts the goggles on when he tans. It's just, it, it, it's, it's wild, bro. He was out here wilding. And the last thing we get out that damn Trump, did you see my man get upset? Yeah. Did the dude cough? Was cough. I was gonna say. I was say, man, did you see him getting upset with dude coughing? This yeah. man literally said, "No, you just can't. You just can't yeah. cough." Yeah. Like, man, how the hell you gonna? <laughs> how the hell you gonna tell somebody something that that's like a like a spontaneous, you yeah. know, type action or whatnot? Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, I bro, mean, what is wrong with you? Imagine how he talked to people off camera. Like, I'm sure he talked to that White House staff, like beyond the worst. Oh, yeah. You already know he does. Because, you know, people like that, man, they don't know how to treat people. Like, both time I was saying how we were raised. This this dude is just, it's beyond, man. But, uh, like I said, y'all vote. Y'all vote for vote for where your heart and where your finances go and your morals. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, I could I could see Trump, you know, White House staffer walk away. I could just see him just, like, flipping on the bird real yeah. hard behind their back without, <laughs> without yeah. him knowing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This guy's a cocksmith, yeah. <laughs> I want my steak done, extra done, with ketchup. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy, man. So, yo, man, so we, hey, this is interesting. You got anything else about Trumpito? No, no, I try to stay, I try to keep that man to a minimum. <laughs> hey, man, so let's get to the mail. So the mail this week, you know, earlier they, the mail was about <laughs> people who weren't washing their legs of a certain, uh, of, a cer- of a certain ethnic group, not washing their feet. I'm going to take bow tie. I know your dad. I know your mom. I know your stepdad. I know your stepmom. I'm going to go out on the ledge, say you shower the correct way. You know my people. Hell yeah. yeah. So this one, so Anna Maria Cox, she she took it to the next level. And I, we've all worked in places or we've been places where people go to the restroom and not wash your hands. So Anna Maria Cox, and she went into the restroom didn't wash her hands and somebody called her out about it and then she went on this long diatribe on Twitter talking about why she didn't wash her hands and how hand soap was better for you anyway. Now Bowtie, you are a healthcare professional. <laughs> if you have a chance to wash your hands as a healthcare professional and the in the sink and the water and soap is there, would you not encourage people to wash their hands? Absolutely. You need to wash your nasty hands. You need to wash your hands, period. Hot water, warm water, soap. You need yeah. friction. You need friction. <laughs> you need the, the, the soap to kill the bacteria. You need that, that, that hot, warm, or tepid water to kill it. I, it just is what it is. I don't understand her diatribe. I don't understand her, her rationale. 
I it's think she deleted it because I it tried to find it. Period. Point blank. It just spreads around. As a healthcare provider, that shit drives me up the damn wall. It drives me up the wall to see other healthcare providers doing this shit, and I, I call them my all the damn time when I see it. But yeah, man, it, it, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, I had a you need comment. to you need to you need to wash your hands. You know, even even I, I would say wash them just even periodically. That, that yeah. when you're out and about and touching all these different things yeah, or whatnot. If yeah. you have an opportunity, just go ahead and wash your hands just to cleanse them, just yeah. just for a second. All that so much out there. This thing, if you pump, that's not even being a germaphobe or a healthcare professional. Like my my my, my goodness. Just think about it, man. Yeah, this thing, if you pump some gas or something like that, and think all the hands has been on there. It's just disgusting. I still remember I had a colleague, and I, I went to the, you know, handle my business, and, you know, stand up. My man was in the stall. You know, I go wash my hands. You dude walks out before me. Dude was, no, my, fa- my fault. He, he, put, he put his hands to his hair and, like, shook his head real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he walked out the restaurant. <laughs> That's, no. a, that's what you call that natural grease right there, yeah. boy. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? That was, ah, I don't know what he was doing, man. I don't give a damn if I went in there to blow my nose. I'm still going to wash my hands thoroughly. But I'm just, man, just, just when, people, when people like her say things like that, it just it, it just makes my skin crawl because it's like, what other trifling, nasty, diabolical shit are you even doing in your life? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look, look she, she could have been in the, she could have, not only did she wash, not wash her hands, she could have went to the restroom, released the damn Kraken. Who's to say if she even wiped? You know what I'm <laughs> hey, saying? Man, you if you savage, if you like, who's to say that you that you didn't even wipe man, yourself or cleanse yourself? Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, not trying to like, put bro. the cheeks together real quick. Make sure, got, <laughs> make sure you ain't got no damn crumbs and throwing, throwing on the damn slacks and going back. Bro, <laughs> what are you? What are you doing yeah. out here, man? Man, she's the type of mug that like just have her damn dog like lick the dishes and be like, well, they're clean. Oh man! Speaking of that, oh, years, years, years ago, man, when I was I was work at a previous place of employment, dude was like, "Hey, if such and such brings, if Christy brings in cookies, don't eat them." Now I wasn't gonna eat them anyway because I'm not really. I I have to kind of know you to eat stuff, but he was telling he used to live with her, and she used to let her dog lick the lick the bowl after making cookies. Oh god! <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that's just oh, that's just disgusting, man. So that yeah, bro. so the extra mail, you know, I, I I mean, once I saw this story, I was like, man, cause we've been out for a couple of weeks. I said, like, I got to tell my brother Bowtie about this. And, yeah, bro. Well. I had a I had a daggone extra mail moment ahead, at just, just yesterday at Father's Day. So, like I said earlier, you know, my 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 fam takes me out to breakfast, you know, celebrate me being being a, a father, and, you know, laying the seed out there. Uh, so it, this is a very popular place, Metro Diner. So I mean, it was busy. It's Father's Day, but it's always busy there anyway. So there was about a 20-minute wait. So I'm so we're just sitting there, you know, waiting for our name to be called like anybody else. This uh, this lady comes in, um, and you you could just she just reeked of privilege. You know what I'm saying? So not only are there probably a good 25 to 30 people sitting around waiting for you know for their table to come over, name to be called or whatnot. So she comes in, asks the, the hostess, you know, hey, you know, I, I got a party of three, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hostess is like, we're going to, it's going to be about 25, 30 minute wait. The lady literally turns around, scoffs, <laughs> looks at her, looks at the other people on her party. It's like, you got to be kidding me. 30 no. minutes, 30 minutes. You got to be kidding me. No one's getting up. That's exactly what she said. Yeah. So, so, 
the the hostess, she was cool, real cool, calm and collected. She was like, no, ma'am, you know, it's a busy morning. It's, it's a holiday, but, you know, it's just a busy morning for breakfast, you know, such, 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 such. Would you like for me to put your name down or would you like to stay? Well, you're going to have to hold on. I need, I need to check with whatever the dude's name was, see if he wants to wait. So she proceeds to call somebody that's standing outside. Instead of walking outside to, to talk to this person, she calls them standing in front of the hostess. Do you want to wait? They're telling me it's going to be a 30-minute wait. I guess the dude said no because she was like, no, thanks. She slammed her phone. She's like slammed her phone back in her purse and walked out. So like me and a bunch of other people that are sitting there like looking like, who the hell do you think that you are? And, and now this, this is a diverse crowd that many of us had the same look like, you see how busy it is. And it's a holiday. What the hell makes you think you think you go come in and just get a table immediately? And then the fact that she said, "Are you kidding me? No, you mean to tell me no yeah. one's getting up? No one's getting up. So you want somebody just to get up because yeah. you want to sit down, bruh? Mayo to the to the fullest, bruh. Me and another guy, me and another gentleman that he was sitting next to me. He just like kind of chuckled a little bit. I said, "Man, that's crazy, ain't it?" He was like, "People are just ridiculous." Now this gentleman was of the opposite ethnicity. He yeah. was a different ethnicity than I was. So, I mean, like, it, mayo goes across the board, and people acknowledge mayo no matter what your race or religion or whatever. People recognize certain behaviors, you know what I'm saying? So oh, it, was, it was just funny to, to see, man. So I was like, of, you got to be kidding me. And speaking of mayo, bro, so, you know, we're at the University of Chicago, and it rained, like, all day. So we had ponchos on, and we had, like, bags and stuff that, you know, you get your – you get a hang of, like, a fan, a poncho, like, other little stuff in the bag, like the program. Right. So this, so this lady, who's, uh, who definitely is, is the opposite of God's chosen children, <laughs> walks up to me. That's so, <laughs> So she comes up to me, so uh, they need to check in here or not, as if I worked there. So I got my oh, family there. <laughs> you so, help. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, and for those who know Mike J, those moments like that, I have showed my ass in the past of really, really acting a fool. This is true. He but has, I, y'all. This but, is but true. I, but I, had, but I, had my, I had my family, I had my lady there, I'm like, I can't act like that. And it was another brother who worked there, and I didn't want him to think that I was shitting on him by acting a fool. So I, I held back. Now, if he wouldn't have been there, I'd have been like, no, bitch, and kept him moving. <laughs> but I didn't, want, I didn't want to feel like that brother felt like I was throwing him under the bus thinking hey, like right? I was above him. Not hitting, her with the, not hitting her with the sassy one, too. No, bitch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, man, speaking of that, dog, I got the good – I forgot to even show you, man. I got the good day – I got the good day shirt, man. You know, for those – that's a Mike J. staple one. When the, those who are the unchosen ones who get mad, I hit them with that good day. <laughs> so, hey, I, I had to send that – I had to send that to you uh, – I had to send that to you while we record, man. <laughs> so it's crazy. No doubt, man. man but hey, uh, well, let's get let's get into this Twizzler, bro. Bro, so we'll do the first one, man. Did you hear about the? Uh, there's a woman in Mississippi's at a restaurant, and she types in "black bitches in a silver car" on a receipt. <laughs> well, they fired her ass. <laughs> man, it's not funny at all. But it's just the fact that she typed that in on a receipt, like everything was cool. Like yeah, how are you just that? I mean, you just that cool with it. Like you know what, black bitches in a silver car. That's yeah. what you put that on. Like, are you kidding me? The effort I mean, that has to go into that, <laughs> bruh. Yeah, but yeah, man. Bruh, this is that's 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 crazy, bro. Hey, man. But uh, yeah. But, she we, go 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 ahead and hit her with that Twizzler, Mike uh, J. She gets she gets she gets the great value stale, sit on the Twizzler, you know, and hope you ride in the Mississippi Heat type Twizzler, man. Cause that's just, it's horrible, bro. It's beyond, yeah, it's beyond horrible. 
But man, this this other one, man, this goes, this gets serious, right? This pisses so, me the fuck off. I'm just gonna put that out there, y'all. I might go on a tangent. Okay, so let let, y'all so, let, so, let, so let me let me set the scene, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it throw it to you, right? So this is in Phoenix, Arizona. A lady's there with her child. Her child is four. So you know four how four year olds can be. They pick up stuff. So she picks up and walks out with a doll or something like that. Next thing I know, I mean, I honestly was triggered watching this. You see these cops come, and they're telling ladies, like, I can't, you know, I'm holding my baby. I can't do this. And they put a gun to her head. And they put it, they, they pull a gun out over a doll. He, lit- and, and he literally said to this woman, I will shoot you in your fucking face. Yeah. He literally had his gun pointed at her head and said that to her while holding her child and a toddler standing next to her. Go ahead, Mike Jack. No, that, I'm just trying to paint, that, that, trying that, to paint the damn scene. Yeah, bro. So I mean, I'm not. I mean, seeing that man, it was just like a pain hit my stomach. Of watching that, that could have been another. That could have been a black woman gunned down in front of her child. Yeah, yeah. a doll. Yeah, a doll, bro. And bro, I just not 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 only that. Here's, here's here's a couple other things that stand out to me too. Imagine how traumatized those children are. Yeah, right now. Imagine how traumatized the damn children are right now. Number two, the way the cop was manhandling and trying to be as aggressive as possible with the child, with the father or the male up against the car, the way he kicked his leg out and then had his gun, draw another gun drawn on him. How can you say he's not complying when you're the one that's trying to throw him all around? You're the one that's being extra aggressive. The third part that pisses me off about this whole thing is when I was reading a little bit of this, when I was reading the story, and they got, I got to the part where they said the mother had outstanding warrants. Okay. Let's just say she had outstanding warrants. Fine. What the hell does that have to do with right now? Yeah. She was, the police wasn't called on her outstanding warrants. She wasn't doing anything illegal or perceived to be illegal that would warrant the cops doing any of this. So why the hell are we pointing out the fact that she has outstanding warrants? Is it to discredit the $10 million claim that they have that, that has been filed against the city? Is that what y'all trying to do? Just discredit yeah. these folks? I don't give a damn what these people have done in the past, whatever the case may be. We're going to talk about the hearing now. Right now, those folks and their children had nothing to do with any past warrants or anything like that. They were literally at a family dollar leaving already in their car. The parents probably didn't even know that the damn child picked up the damn dog. Yeah. But 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 to this extent, you're gonna pull a damn gun on a woman holding a child and tell her you're gonna shoot her in her fucking face. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what we've been reduced to. Yeah. Come on, man. I don't wish I don't wish harm on too many people. You know, I'm not a y'all to know Mike both time fresh. Y'all know that I'm not a violent, super violent person, but I can be. But I'm just not that dude. This is one time where I'm just like, you know what? I would like for those officers' families to be put in the same situation and see how it makes them feel. I'm not saying shoot anybody. I'm not saying kill anybody. I'm not saying harm anybody. Just place them in the same exact scenario and see how those cops feel about their families being, being treated like that. Utter and complete bullshit. It goes on far too much in our damn society. And that orange one that's in the goddamn office is the one facilitating a lot of it and making people feel empowered and, and brazen enough to do this type of crap, man. Pisses yes. me off to no end, bro. 
yeah. And we're, and we're going to talk about a little some other stuff later of how this kind of deals with, in my opinion, some of the issues of mental health in our community. And this is a Mike J opinion. This isn't anything else. is isn't scientific. We'll have a conversation about it, man. But uh, it's, this shit is triggering, bro. Like, we both got families. You know, it's anything yeah, else. Right. Like, it's just like, yo, like one wrong, one like flinch or sneak or whatever could have been dead. Yeah. It's just, yeah. there, and, there's, and there's a level of this, your humanity means nothing to these people. And these are cops. Exactly. These are people who, who place the, you know, to be sacrificed their lives for us. This isn't something that you weren't, this ain't the army where you, where you could have been years ago. You could have had a draft and they made you do it. This is, this yeah. is a career choice. Yeah, and I meet a lot of young people who want to be cops, and they and like the diversity piece is just not there. Yeah. It is like because you know they had a like they like a they uh, like that shooting at a Costco. I think the guy came out, you know, and them killing them. But it's just you know if you know if you black, you don't know there there's such a line that you have to tell. You don't know what's next, man. And if you don't that know line is not told perfectly, part. bruh, you you could end up dead. Yeah, so. I mean, so, folks, I want you to give them the Twizzler, man. Like, just... man, they, they, they can, they can get that dag on. Uh, what's the, what's the, what's the dag on uh, the, the, the nine one one, the four one one, the seven two twelve? They can get all of those different types of Twizzlers, just in various forms. But just in that, in that hot, hollow tip shape, they can sit on that bad boy because it's ridiculous the way these people are, are treating other human beings. I bet you if it was a fucking dog, they wouldn't put a damn gun in the dog's face and say some shit like that, now would they? Uh, this is, Treat dogs better than they do humans. That's a whole other story. But, man, it's just it's pathetic the way human lives are being treated right now. It's yeah. pathetic. Yeah, man. This, it's, it's just crazy, bro. So let's, let's transition, man, to something a little bit more positive, man. Let's, you know, let's get to sports, bro. So we got to get it. We got to get a Raptors. They props, man. They won. They won. They won the title, man. So they having they having a parade right now, man. Hey, man. Drake Drake living his best damn life out here. Hey, man. Being a sucker. <laughs> being, being, a, being a sucker. Being a sucker all day, bro. Man, Drake Drake is out there living, man. You would have thought that he hit the game winning shot, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Did you see when they lost game five? Six guy season. Did you see him oh, yeah, game five? After <laughs> yeah. he was like, he came out there like he was like so like so like mentally fatigued. He had to dap everybody up and all this type of stuff, man. He's <laughs> such a sucker, man. Like, and I look at these young cats like this y'all guy. This is the guy y'all put number one. He's a sucker, Aubrey. man. He's a Aubrey. sucker, bro. He's like, I want what he say. I want my chips with all the dip, man. You get your point <laughs> out of here, man. Fuck out of here, Aubrey. <laughs> Hey man, that nigga is a fucking lame. Man, get the fuck out of here, nigga. Oh, Chains whips. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like I know, you know, Drake, he got some cool songs. I'm not the biggest Drake fan. Uh, after the Marvel's room shit, I saw this nigga's a sucker for life. But yo, man, it's just like Bro, you sucker, man. Just ugh. Anyway, man. Back. Hey, man. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to get a grown manish podcast T-shirt. Chips with all the dip. Chips with all the dip. <laughs> <laughs> I wear chip with chips with all chips with all the dip, man. And shout out to the homie Mamory Mike. <laughs> that shirt's coming. Out. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Mamory Mike, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So let me ask you this, man. You think you think Kawhi stays in Toronto? Ah, man. So. 
my honest opinion is no. Like I, I don't. I, I think it was. I think it's a one and done. Um, I, I think it'd be super crazy if he ended up with the Lakers, but I really do think that he'll end up going to the Clips. Man, I can see him playing with the paper Clips. Yeah, I can't. I can't see him going to the Lakers because Kawhi, like, like I don't want two titles, being the best player on the best team. Why would I? You know, who's to say? And we can get into the discussion if he's better than Brown or Anthony Davis or not. That's the. But I don't see you like going from number one the guys to being one A, one B, or maybe being number three. You just don't know. And I, you know, I just think that they. I'm thinking. Kawhi, I think. I think at this. I think if he did, like, I think that LeBron is willing to be like that. Hell, that one C. I think LeBron has tried to do so much and, and he wants to try to transform and transcend his game that he'd let Kawhi be the – I should say let. Kawhi would be that number one, AD would be that two, and then LeBron would just kind of be that facilitator type guy. Like I think LeBron, out of all players, is secure enough with himself and his talent and his abilities to be like, shit, I ain't got to do it. Let these cats do it. I'm just going to be back here facilitating and doing, you know, doing it from back here. You know what I mean? Like, I – I don't see him having that that bravado or that ego, you know, anymore. Where it's like it, it's me. Now, however, I know that you know the media and and, and basketball heads and all type of stuff is going to be like, well, shit, it's still LeBron's team. He's doing this, he's doing that. But I just think for him personally, I think that he's probably that one person that can step back and be like, Psh, but these cats run it. I'm just here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's all, I just think that you know we we've never had a superstar like Kawhi to be so cool. Nah, I mean, this your number one that dude is like twenty eight years old with straight backs. The only nigga I knew who did that was Allen Iverson. So, <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, it's it, it, he's a he's a he's a he's a different end. He's a different end. You got to you got to do the Kawhi laugh on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this dude is that's like yo, shout out to yo, shout out also, man. We got the board man, the more board man get paid shirts coming too, coming soon too, man. Kawhi's a he's a different dude, man. But uh, so I don't know, man. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Toronto on a short deal. If he didn't go to the Clippers, like a one one year, basically, you know, then you can re up and then you can go be a free agent with the one the one year plus player option. That's that's what I'm leaning towards. But we'll see, man. But man, so yeah. switching. I can see. Go, go ahead, man. So let me ask you this: What's your thoughts on the, eight, the Anthony Davis trade, bro? I mean, are you saying do I think it's a good look for the for the Lakers? No, I'm just saying what your thoughts. I mean, you know, you can ask, give it. I mean, I, I think, I think it, I think it's a good move for them. I mean, they they, they needed it. You know, a, a star his caliber. They're gonna have to let go of a lot of that young talent. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people are talking about not just the talent, but the fact that they get the three or four. They traded three or four number one picks or something like that, or first first round picks. I mean, a guy of Anthony Davis's talent is, is is transcendent. You know what I'm saying? So in order to in order to make a splash now, you got to do it. That's just my opinion. Um, I think that the Pelicans got you know hell of hell of young pieces. You know, hell of a young squad that can develop together. They can keep them together. I mean, I think that I think they'd be straight. Uh, a lot of people talk. A lot of a lot of the talk is you know Lonzo Ball this, Lonzo Ball that. His daddy's making all his comments, whatever, whatever. Hey yo, Honestly, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, Before we get to Lavar, did you see Lavar man talking about? Did you see what Lavar said about he glad Lonzo went to New Orleans because N O means yeah. N-O means no L A. Yeah, no, I <laughs> saw that. Yeah, rolling. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Lavar is a special kind. Of, he's a special kind of guy, mm-hmm. but. uh I honestly think that, you know, Lonzo is kind of, you know, I don't know if he'd be the starter or not because I mean, they still got Giroux, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's uh, – I don't I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. I think it's a good move for the Lakers, though. I mean, they had to make it. They had to make a splash, um, you know, not just to save face, but 
it's a it's a good move for the team as well. Now, losing that many number one or first round picks, I mean, you know, you're not going to have a, lot, a big youth influx unless you trade some other pieces to try to get some picks back or something. I don't know, but um, I, I think it was a good move for for both teams, honestly. So let me ask you this, man: Are the Lakers the favorites in the West now? I don't know. I can't say that. I mean, it, you want to say that because of LeBron and AD, but I'm like, hell, what else do they have on that on their roster? I mean, I want to see what else the roster looks like after that. I mean, AD and LeBron are two hell of damn players. You got two of the top five players in the league, but I, I mean, you still like 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 Kawhi said, board man gets paid. You need I need a guy that's gonna you know get the you know grab some boards and do the dirty work. I need a guy that's going to spread. I need a shooter that's going to spread the floor and open up the floor a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, outside of Coos, who else is going to be there? So I, I can't immediately say, you know, I'm not Vegas. I'm not going to put them up there. But it's it's still up in the air. I mean, if if the Rockets come back, you know, uh, as they are. Speaking of they, the Rockets, they, have you been hearing about the drama going on there? About CP3 one out? And Mike D'Antoni and everything else, man. I don't think that – I think I think they've reached their peak. They couldn't beat Golden State. I mean, it's hard as hell to play with James. James Harden's a great player, but they had two ball dominant players, and it was not. It's just not working. Yeah, it just. I think they have gotten to unless they have a coaching change and they change up some of the style of offense. It's too much on James Harden, man. That dude, he gets to the playoffs and he ain't got nothing left. Yeah. And see, that's what I was going to say. Like, it just it, it's difficult to root against the Lakers just with those two, but I don't know what the rest of the team looks like. But, you know, you don't know what the Rock is going to look like. So, I mean, there there's the immediate foe. The the Warriors, you don't know what they're going to look like. Clay, Clay is hurt, and he's a free agent. Durant's a free agent, and he's hurt. You know what I mean? Some of those other pieces, I think the Eagle Dollar might have been on the one year. I'm not sure. I think Livingston might be up. So, you don't know what they're going to look like. I mean, Portland. They'll probably be Portland. They might push a little bit, but I don't know if they would be, you know, quite championship caliber yet. Denver's a good young squad, but I, I mean, it just depends on what those other teams look like, but also what the Lakers look like and what pieces they put around AD and LeBron. Oh, yeah, because they failed. They failed last. They definitely need some shooters, and they need a guy that's, you know, is going to – it's just – yeah, because they, they I don't think they have any guards, so they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I know they're they, – they, they, Do they, they bring Lance back, man? I don't know, man. You know, you know, Lance. His true, the, the best, the best place Lance is always going to be is going to be Indiana. It's it's a weird thing. Like he goes elsewhere, and he just it just doesn't work. And he comes here, and he's just like I don't know what it is. But Lance would help because they need a they need they need players. They need Indiana, you know, man. I don't know that's what it is, Indiana, man. They they have, they have a they, they have a it's a, a weird <laughs> yeah it's a weird love affair between Lance Stevenson. And the Pacer fans, and the Pacers, it's just weird because you wouldn't think as conservative Indiana, they love him. And, yeah. the home, and the homeboy, that we went to Lance in the first game, and they booed the hell out of him. And then when, you know, he came back, uh, when they brought him back that year after he went to Charlotte, I mean, it was just like a total, it was just the crowd was crazy. I don't know what it is, man. It's just a weird, I mean, people love Ron Artest, and we'll talk about that a little later too as far as his documentary. But it's a weird thing. But they, the Lakers need players. But I, the only reason I asked for the favorite is because Golden State, you know, Clay towards ACL, KD's gonna be all out all next year. So you know, you basically taking two, two thirds, you know, two fifths of the starting lineup back that's out. And then you know, Steph's getting older. You know, Draymond's gonna be who he's gonna be. And you know, Iguodala's getting a year older too, man. So it's gonna be interesting, man. I, I kind of put them at the favorites for now in the West because they have two of the five best players in the league. 
And I think AD's going to really take his game to the next level. Because LeBron, one thing is, he's a great passer, which can really, to me, that maybe separates him from uh, Yellow Eyes and, and among, amongst hey. them. <laughs> so, you know, it, it'll, it'll be interesting, man. So, hey, man, so let me ask you this. If you see New Orleans, they had the Lakers pick with the fourth pick. Now, granted, then in New Orleans, they have, you know, Lonzo Ball. They have Drew Holiday. They got Brandon Ingram. They'll have Zion at number one pick. Would you trade the fourth pick to get a veteran? And you got Josh Hart, too. Man, so, I mean, I, I guess I was trying to see what veterans are out there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if, if if I was, um, I don't know, man, because it's, it's difficult to turn down. You know what I mean? You got two top five picks. I mean that that's 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 talent, you know what I'm saying? But at this the same time, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll say this too. Again, you're right. So probably the top, it's probably the top eight guys are probably you know legit. Top eight to ten guys maybe are legit. So another reason why I'm like, man, that's another two top five. That's that's it's hard to get that type of talent. But so what I would say is my opinion. I would look at what I have now and what guys are available right now. They got a glutton. They got Ball. They got Drew. They got Hart, they got, you know, Zion could play the three, the two, three, or four, you know, depending on what they want him to play. You know what I mean? Ingram's probably going to play the three or the four. So, like, if I was going to keep the fourth pick, I'm like, I got to go with a big. What bigs are in this draft that are impactful that is worthy of a, top, of a number four pick? Not many. Because I'm not – I don't see too many guys I'm going to take over, you know, feasibly Barrett will be there. John Morant's probably going to be gone. Zion probably I, I think gone. I think Barrett's going to be gone by the third pick. I think the next – so I think I, to me, I trade. He's got to think. They need. I need a guy who can step in, who veteran gives him some some poise and does the little things. Because yeah. you have all these young guys who have never won, and mm-hmm. now you you know going together. So I don't know. I probably would look to who trade. Would you, like, who, who would you? Now let me ask you this: If you're going to trade that number four pick for that type of veteran, what veteran would you go after? What Bradley, veteran would you Bradley Bill? And he's not. Bradley he's only like 25, but you know mm-hmm. he's been in the league what seven, eight years. Because now I get a guy who can who can get his own shot. He can score from all three levels. And you got to think. I don't think Washington can pay him the max and John Wall the max. And you need, you know, you just they just need spacing. I would look to trade either, you know, either Drew or Alonzo. Probably Alonzo, because I think Drew's such a good defender. That you know, mm-hmm. and they're both good defenders. But you know, it, it'll be, so you trade. So so you would trade Alonzo and the fourth pick. For for Beal, straight and up, then, and then whatever salary goes into it, I just because I think there's not a player in this draft that's better than Beal. He's our, he's been a, he's been an All NBA esque performer. You know, we could say so you got to think you take away Zion because you're that's a burden hand. I don't see yeah. anybody else there that would fit because let's just to say let's just say like guy like Ja Morant or Barrett switch. You got all these other guys who need the ball. Yeah, and I need so some. That's exactly where I was going with it, bro. Like, what do you think that if you know moving ball in this fourth pick, do you think bringing Bill in fits with what New Orleans potentially could do with that roster? Do you, well, think you need, you need shooting. You need Zion's gonna need space. He's gonna be yeah. a pick and roll guy. You need a guy who can really shoot. And Drew Holiday is a pretty good shooter. Bradley Bill's an elite shooter, and Lonzo's a non-shooter. So you know you get you know, you got to have some spacing on the court. And Brandon Ingram hasn't showed himself to be a great three-point shooter. He's a pretty good mid-range shooter, but they need space. So I just don't see it. The fourth pick, I don't really see anybody I'd rather go after and get a guy. You know, you don't want to trade him for trash, but I think that you, right. you could probably make a deal to get a guy because the fourth pick is – now, if this was like a like a super talented draft, then no. 
but I don't, I just don't see at the four pick fitting in what they what they have already unless they're looking to maybe package up some of those young guys to make another move. But as of right now, I probably would try to 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 see if we could uh make make a trade that four pick. You know, hmm. for a guy later in the summer, because I just don't. This thing now, sometimes it's too much of a good thing, and I think you need to. There's a the mix of having veterans and then having the guys that can um the young guys, because you get too many. You know, it's like kind of how Boston was. They tried to be young and be win at the same. And they like have veterans at the same time. They thought Kyrie was gonna be. He Kyrie thought he was gonna be a leader, and you see how Boston yeah. the second round. Yeah. But yeah, man. So that's I what got, that's I got. I got one more basketball question, and just in the in the in the spirit, because we're talking about teams and fits and and play, you know, that's sort of deal. What ramifications do you think that Durant and Clay's injuries will have on their free agency with regards to teams, you know, trying to 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 look to get them and, and what their fits would be? I still think of this guy like KD. He's such a great player. Still, teams is gonna be calling his. They're still gonna be calling his agent, saying, "Hey, we want KD. We want to max KD out." I, yeah. I mean, I think it's because you got to think. You, we have never seen KD theoretically could have been a seven foot two guard. KD's like the guy you created. We used to play NBA Live before we moved to KD. <laughs> we were kids. We <laughs> before we start playing. And you'd be like, I always like a seven foot guy who could shoot threes and handle the ball. That's KD. And I don't think it's going to really affect them financially because what they've shown and they have something the NBA needs is shooting. So, and I think definitely it's not going to hurt Clay because guys coming back from ACLs, hell, Clay could be back, you know, after the All Star break next year. Yeah. So I don't think, I think it's going to affect him like the Knicks. I think they was like, oh, bet we're going to be able to get KD and somebody else, KD and Kyrie or some whoever they wanted to do. And then, you know, I think it's going to affect those other teams more than anybody else. But I don't I know. Think- I don't think it's going to hurt them financially. You know, you know, I don't. I'm hoping not, because I look at Boogie Cousins, and he went from being one of the best players in the NBA. That dude can't even jump over a damn quarter now, because of all the injuries. So yeah. I'm hoping Boogie gets healthy. Yeah, man. So all right, man. So let me. So let me ask you this, man. So what do you? You know, you're 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 a Bulls fan, and y'all been stuck in the trash for a while. What what mm-hmm. are you, what what is what is your goal for draft night? Because the draft is on Thursday. Oh God. I, I just I just Would you want, trade I just the pick? <laughs> I just need guard packs to be. You have a lot of young guys. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't be opposed to trading the pick, honestly. Trade the trade the pick and try to see if we can get, like you said, a veteran of some kind, a guy that can fit into what Lord knows what the hell guard packs are trying to do, but a guy that can fit into what we have on the team. Because I don't want to just go out and get another guard. I don't want to just go out and get this or that. I mean, we've got we've got some good young players in place in certain positions. So I don't want to start doubling up and all that crap. You know what I mean? Like I just I want to either get you know be smart about it. <clears throat> excuse me, get a get a solid guy, solid pick. Excuse me, or trade it. Um, now I I would not be mad if they did to keep the pick because I know Kobe White is projected to be there for, for them. Oh, uh, man. Potentially. I, hope, I hope our Tar Heel doesn't go there. <laughs> but I mean, I know Kobe White is projected to possibly be there, and I know Cam Reddish is predicted to possibly be there at, at those numbers too. Um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to either one of those guys because I think that both of those guys could complement, you know, guys like Levine, guys like Mark Hainan, and that's what it is. So I think that getting some of that type of talent wouldn't hurt um, one of those two guys. But at the same time, I would, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I just hope that my bulls don't fuck it up as they have the last few years and 
it's, it just sucks. I mean, it, with Gar with Gar and Pax being there, you you never know what the hell the Bulls are going to do. I mean, you, they they drafted your guy from Duke, and it was like, oh my God, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Well, he he's he's okay, but he doesn't play well with Mark Kanan, which Mark Kanan is supposed to be the daggone you know foundation of the team. Him and Levine. So why the fuck would you draft a guy that's the great value version of what you already have? I mean, just. Just dumb shit like that. Sorry, I'm, 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 I get passionate with the Bulls, but just dumb stuff like that is just like, why? Like, darn packs, y'all are destroying this damn organization. Well, keep it going. Keep going, packs there. And, uh, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> keep it going, man. So, you know, I don't know who y'all want to draft. I, just don't, I don't know anybody who I like to go there. Uh, but, you know, y'all keep, y'all keep up with the beige rage, two guard. You know, he doesn't play any defense, but he does play good against the Pacers. So, you know, shout out, shout out to them, man. But, uh, Hey man, I don't even know what the Pacers are gonna do. They have like so many free agents, so hell, it could be, it could be, it could be, it's gonna be the most random of picks. So hell, you think, I, you think, you think your Pacers, you know, look at D'Angelo Russell. You know, there's been a lot of talk about that. Oh, uh, that it would be. We've never had a guard that could, a point guard that could score like that. But I don't know how well D'Angelo. He didn't play any defense. And Naomi Miller, you gonna the Pacers thing? They gonna D you up. Yeah, and the thing is that we he would have to like change some of his game, but we would be able to get a a guy who could get his own shot and shot for others. He's not really athletic. I just knew he just he has like a guile about him. To be, you know, they found him to be so young, but he'd have yeah. to like really tighten up defensively because you know you're gonna have to defend. I mean, we got Miles who's gonna get your blocks and everything, but D'Angelo would be a great young piece, but he'd have to change up some aspects of his game. And in the fourth quarter, him and Vic, we'd have two closers. You know, once Vic gets back, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't be opposed to it. We've never had a guard who could get, a, who could score like that. So no doubt. But he's also very ball dominant. So you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting, man. So but one thing I, I want to kiss. So I was gonna say, I see, I, I was gonna ask you real. I was talking about the draft. I, I, yeah. I see that, uh, I've heard that that Nasir Little may be may fall that that late in the draft to the Pacers. How would you feel about him going there? At eighteen, I wouldn't just mind. Being, just being a, being a Carolina fan too. Being, being at, at eighteen, I wouldn't mind because the pace is gonna bring him along slow. Now, I see a little when I saw him playing him, you know, all American, he was just out playing everybody. When he got to North Carolina, there's some things like off the dribble. He needs to, you know, you ain't gonna build a straight line in the NBA and get to the bucket. You gotta add some creativity to yourself unless you got like superb speed. He's athletic, but he ain't like that. And I think mm-hmm. it would just get the Pacers to give him some chance, you know, they bring him along slow. And if he works at his game, he could be a really good player. And he's trying to say Kawhi Leonard. I said, no, I don't see that yet. But, you know, it just it yeah. does have to, have to work. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think they need a wing. They need a wing who's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, who can, you know, defend and play both wings. I mean, both, uh, both forward positions. I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. So it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting, man, to see how everything goes, man. But definitely we will give you an update on the on the draft after the – off of next Thursday, man. So I'm excited. That's like yeah, – I, I love the basketball – the NBA offseason, man. You know, it ain't like football where it's slow. That shit gets cracking. So Yeah. Hey, man. Especially so. when the free agents start signing and all that type of stuff, boy. Yeah. NBA gets real, real quick. Cracking. So, hey, man, this is, I want to bring this up. You know, every, time, every few episodes, we like trying to have, like, a serious conversation, man. So, hey, man, have you seen When They See Us? I have not. Okay. I have not. You, okay. So um, I, have, I, I have intentionally not watched it just, just because I know that I, I know how I will respond. Um, I know the emotion that it invokes. Um, I know all about the Central Park Five. Um, so uh, it's just for me, it, it was, it's being very cautionary. I'll say that right now. It's just being very cautionary with, 
things going on in my professional life. Um, it's, it's just being very cautious. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about a little bit about mental health, right? So watching this, it was just like, I try, I mean, I, I am one of those people that will watch the car crash and I knew about the Central Park Five, you know, and all that stuff. That's one of the reasons why I always said my stance on Trump. But watching that, man, and watching, like, the first part and them being kids and thinking about they could have been you and I and then the mm-hmm. fourth part and watching that our prison system, man, it was just beyond triggering. And you go through, you see, these were, even, these were kids, man. Yeah. But to watch this, man, it was just, it was a lot. And I'm not, like, a big crier. I'm not. I didn't cry. I was just, like, there's a, some time an emotion to me that's different than crying. It's just, like, despondent. I felt yeah. despondent watching that. It was just like beat down, upset, and just beyond frustrated. I didn't feel like. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just like what what next? And seeing that and thinking that could have been us or whomever, people in our circle, whoever. We don't know these guys. It could be my and son. Yeah, that that's the number one thing. It could, it could be it could be that, and you see that man, and then like I remember I was talking to a colleague, and she's one of the guys unchosen. And we were talking about like He's people killing me with that. <laughs> and we were talking about people like like the, the effects of like like what happens when people go to war and they have like all these like you know these mental issues and they have some of the same issues people who live in these and who live in you know bad areas they can have some of these same same things and I was telling her about how it could be and she was just like shocked so I started thinking about like how many black people are dealing with this post traumatic stress of seeing stuff, of dealing with this, man, and this amount yeah. of stress it causes us, man, and absolutely, it hurt, it hurt me. It goes back to what, it goes back to what we talked about, you know, in the, in the Twizzler episode. Yeah. Officers yeah. pulling the guns out and all that type of stuff. Think about the stress yeah, that it caused that, that little girl, that little, I think she was four or five-year-old yeah. little girl. There, and seeing her parents treated like this and her, her, her infant siblings treated like this. Yeah, man. So, to watch that and then put all that's why I said, you know, I try to do some foreshadowing <laughs> to put all that together. The amount of angst dealing yeah. with this and then dealing with as men of color who dealing with the police and those aspects. And number one, you want to protect your family. You know, your number one thing is you want to come home to your family at night. Yeah. And seeing that, man, it was it was it was hurting, man. Like mental health, and, mental health and mental wellness is is key because o- overcoming all of those and all of those traumatic intensely traumatic situations like they have yeah. or just the scenarios that you know we deal with on an everyday basis you know as as people of color and I, i'm not going to say black because a few of my um, muslim brothers and sisters a few of my indian brothers and sisters few of my hispanic brothers and sisters people that are close to me people that i know they they experience the same thing so i'm not going to say black because they experience things that i experience too um, I had a conversation with an individual that, that is close to me. We, we go back some years. Um, she had an uh, uh, incident. Mike Jay's going to laugh. If some of our listeners that know are going to laugh. She had an incident in Carmel, Indiana. Oh, <laughs> Carmel, Indianapolis. Uh, and, and she she is of um, Egyptian descent. Um, wonderful young woman, very educated, smart, you know, but she had an incident in Carmel, Indiana, just minding her own damn business, driving, driving to the Monon Trail so that she could walk and get some exercise, her and her and a friend. Um, and they had an experience with Carmel Police Department. 
And it was, it was a bit unsettling because they were blatantly profiled, blatantly targeted. Um, and it's just, it, it's sickening. So things like that, I mean, and, and she suffers from it. She, she's like, I, I really don't, she has friends that live up there. And she's like, I, I don't want to go back. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to drive through there. I don't want to, I don't want to go to a Target or a McDonald's or anything over there. You know what I mean? So just, just that, you know, having to have that mental healthness and that, that self-security to understand like, okay, these are my limitations. And like I said for myself, excuse me, like I said for myself in the beginning part of this segment, that's the reason why I did not watch it because I know that certain things you guys heard earlier, certain things invoke a certain response in me because I'm so passionate about it, passionate about it. And I just have not been able to bring myself to watch this currently. Um, again, from a professional standpoint, from a, from a personal standpoint, dealing with a lot of individuals in, in a particular part of the city where my boys play football at. Um, so it's just one of those things where I want to be able to fully embrace it, fully enjoy, fully understand, fully acknowledge the things that are going on in that series and be able to speak to them in conversations like this, but also speak to them of, to my sons and, and family members, you know, about it too. So not that I, 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 I've been avoiding it to a bit y'all to a little bit. I promise to watch it for, for y'all, for the listeners. Yeah, well, no, I think, I think it invoked the conversation. That's what I was, it was, I mean, we, we know the story, you know, there, and you know, we know that, but I, yeah. I was looking to get into this man. And I kind of want to depict him. We were talking about mental health. Have you seen the Ryan Artest quiet storm documentary? Yeah, 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 yeah. And men watching that, and we talk about like that, those stressors that you see. And he, he saw something different. He saw it in his house, in his household. And this, the impact of mental health has on our community and how it goes undiagnosed or people, Ron said he didn't like taking, well, meta now, didn't like taking his medicine because yeah. the, way it made, the way it made him feel. And all of these triggers, because no telling what he's seen in Queensbridge. I'm sure he's seen cops rolling up on them, being super aggressive. And then he's seen the stuff at home. Mm -hmm. And he's seen people mm -hmm. being super violent. It's like all of these things, man. And you got to take care of your mental health. And I am one of those yeah. people who are, and I both times my brother, he's, you know, I, it was, it's been a low part for me. This last, probably since, probably almost a year, it's been one of the lowest mm -hmm. of my life. And I've talked to both times my brother, talked to my lady, of course. And people who like well, close to me, I don't really tell a lot of people on business, but you know, I feel like if we're given this platform, I feel like I have to be an advocate to help someone else. Man, go yeah. talk to somebody. Yep. I mean, nothing, there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody, either professional, I would mm -hmm. suggest professional, or having you get people who are close to you. There's yeah. nothing wrong with showing vulnerability and these type of things. Cause yeah. if not, you know, that should eat you up. And I yep. watched that man and, I watched Ryan, well, Meta go through all that, and I was happy he got the championship. And I'm a Pacer fan. I remember still watching the brawl. And I was up because that was the best team we had. And you talk to anybody, that was, the, that was the best of all teams. That was the best. Like, we got to, we going to win the championship. We had everything we needed. Better, better, better than, better than the, you know, Smiths and Reggie and the oh, Davis no, boys. No, no, no. That team, this team was, this team was totally different, man. This team, you got to think we had an in-prime J.O. And it's not a basketball conversation. You know, yeah, Reggie yeah, was no, still, I, is still shooting everything else. They were, that was it. You know, that happened. This, the, this, the bottom fell out, right? Yeah. But I was happy that Meta got a championship because he, yeah. he over, overcame and he won. I mean, I, was, yeah. you know, I wasn't like, oh, man, he messed up the paces, man. F him. I was just more like, damn. Well, I'm glad because all the stuff he went through, I'm glad. And that mental health stuff is, is so – all the things that we go on, the triggers, then you also got to know your triggers. Like, 
Yep. Watching, you know, there's nothing wrong. With, like I didn't, you know, I wasn't this this conversation that I have with Bowtie. We hadn't talked about it. I was yeah. just like, I'm glad he hadn't watched. I think it makes the conversation for the podcast more interesting because he kind of he said where I wanted to go without me having to prime the pump. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So that was one of the things. I'm I am happy about that. But like the mental health thing, I I struggle with it. I think. I was somewhere and they said either one in four, one in five people struggle with some type of mental health issues. I'm, I'm a man. I, I hold my nuts and say that, Hey, I've struggled with it. It went from being super angry all the time. to other thing I'm cool. I ain't I'm, I'm cool, but you know, I'm, I'm human and I'm willing to be an advocate. If I can use this platform to help somebody else, then so be it. So uh, y'all, you know, definitely man, find out what you need and, and try to get, some, you know, and try to get, and, and be, be willing to get the help. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with yep. it. I was I was just about to say that man, ain't nothing wrong with it. Just just go out and get the help that you need. You know, even if it's an outlet sounding board, somebody to talk to, friend, family, whatever. You know, do it. You know what I mean? Do it before before you, you yourself spirals out of control. Yeah. So you know. So that's what. So find you know just be willing. You know, and if people want to hit us up on you know all the contact information is always in in the episode description. So. I'm hoping yeah. that we can use this as a platform to help other help, 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 help <laughs> other people because you know. Yeah, man. So shout out to that, man. So man, so it's been a couple of albums, though, that came out this week, you know, in hip hop history that I wanted to bring up to you. So the first one was Three Six Mafia, sixty six sixty one. Classic. 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 But I got a question. I just came up in my mind as we were talking, man. What are the five, what are your five favorite albums that came out in while we were in high school? So that will start off August '96 to let's say June 2000. Oh damn, man! Um, shit, I can't think of it. <laughs> um, equipment I came out in that in that time frame, didn't it? Yeah, it came out '98. We were either sophomores. I think we were going in our junior. Right. Sophomore junior. Equipment I about is going to be number one. Um, this you album, so yeah. three six three six mafia. That's probably gonna be that's that's definitely one of my favorite albums. I went through two of these CDs. Yeah, <laughs> um, I listened to this bad boy front to back. Uh, let's see, what's another one that might be able to come out through there? Uh, for me, Mike J might not think so, but for me, uh, uh, but uh, Juvenile's four hundred degrees. That oh, was me, come on, that was a classic. What are you talking about? I thought yeah. you, I thought you were gonna I, say, I thought you were gonna say ghetto though. Nah. <laughs> Ghetto, ghetto dope was dope though. That was fire. Um, but now nah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 400 degrees was was one for me. Uh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna roll with them three for right now. Right. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some joints that that came out that were impactful for me. Oh oh, and people here's one. And people ain't gonna like it, but I don't give a damn. That damn. Uh, uh, TP2, that R. Kelly TP2.com. Oh, <laughs> hey, I don't give a fuck. Robert. I don't give a fuck what y'all think. <laughs> I don't give a Robert. goddamn. Robert. That, damn album, that album was dope as fuck. <laughs> hey, nigga, you ended up, and it's on my face. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, that damn R&B thug was my joint. Oh, damn. R&B thug, baby. Oh, <laughs> Hold on, yo. Let me let me because you know both I spend a lot of time at my house, right? So, <laughs> time like yo, he, you know, he comes over my house, he spends the night and the windows crack. So what the fuck is this nigga doing, right? And I see him in the restroom looking in the mirror, and that nigga's like reenacting strip for you. 
like, oh, oh hell no, this is this dude. This nigga man, this nigga never trying to rub my mama back. I stuck on his chest. Nigga, the lies, the deceit. I was like, God, no, this nigga's a freak. I was like, no, that nigga slept on the floor. I had to make sure I covered the chin, the the cover all over my chin. Nigga's a freak. Damn. Oh man. So for me, so for me, it's a uh, life after death. That came out our uh, that came out our, our freshman that your freshman year. Uh, Quim and I, sixty six sixty one. It came out. Uh, actually, this came out. Honestly, this is right. This is right after high, after graduation. Actually, but I, I'll get I'll get it for this for this conversation. The war report, which we'll talk about. That's this anniversary, and uh, I'm trying to think, and probably four hundred degrees. So as far as like those are my fav five favorite, you know, and they also can go, you know, what what I was listening to because things should change when I got a car, you know what I'm saying? Damn, you know what, man? I was about to say another one. People are probably gonna hate me too, man. Didn't Chocolate Factory come out during that time frame too? I think Chocolate Factory came out a little later. I think Chocolate Factory oh, came okay. out in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was hey, another man. one of my damn CDs. Fuck y'all. Hey, I don't care what y'all say. I ain't gonna lie, that shit, you know, between that TP too and Tyler in fact, man, was that what was it? Remember saying he, he got all centers on the greatest sex? Now I can't hey, even man. listen to it now. Hey, man. Right now for some damn kids, man. My man said, greatest you, greatest me. <laughs> Our bodies in LOD. Now it's just like, man, he's like, and now you look back at them songs, as good as they were, them motherfuckers are so simple. You can tell now I can think like, oh, this nigga was really illiterate. And this nigga was writing for like 14-year-olds. It was just like when after watching that surviving R. Kelly and hearing them talking about he was writing these songs, I was like, oh, fuck. I, I can't listen to feeling on your I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore. I can't listen to feeling on your booty. I ain't gonna front though. I'm gonna keep it real. When I pull in, on your I, boo. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna I ain't gonna front though. When I pull in Chicago, man, I did want to start singing Gotham City for the ghetto. The remake. Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey man, I, I was I was trying not to. I was in my head. I was like, damn it, Mike, city of peace. I wanted to. I wanted, I wanted to let it go. <laughs> hey man, shout hey, man, out to the strings too, man. Shout some jokes. Shout man, I don't give a damn what y'all say, man. Them a couple of them R. Kelly albums was was classics, man. I don't give a damn what y'all say. And I still like Bill Cosby. Fuck y'all. Don't care. <laughs> hey, Robert. Cosby, Robert Cos, Cosby show was my damn show. Hey, man. Hey, like I said, I can't. It's different when you got a kid, you got a child in the house. There's a girl, bro. And they go, all right, she's already tall, man. I'm going to have to shoot Robert. And it was honestly weird because I was like, my, my lady told we weren't too far from McDonald's where he was trying to pick up the rock and roll McDonald's. We weren't oh, too damn. far from that area. So I was like, oh, nasty ass. Yeah, <laughs> man. But back to 6661, man. What was your favorite? What was your favorite like songs on the album, bro? Uh Barring You Bitches. That was my that was my yeah. favorite damn song on there. Uh, Barring You Bitches. Uh let's see. Touch with it with 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 Fiend. Yeah. Uh let's see. What was another one of my jumps that was on there? Um I'm trying to think. Oh man. Uh Oh, wasn't sipping on scissor up on that bad boy? Yeah. Yep, yep. Sipping on some scissor. That was one of my joints. Um, I didn't mind that crunchy black. I'm so high. Yeah. All I smell like is dope. That was another one man, of my gangsta boo, right hey, gangsta boo, she wrapped her ass off on that. Oh, oh my nigga, god. Nigga, nigga, what you mean? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> oh. yeah. Those are probably no. those are probably be my top ones right there. Barring you bitches and, and, and touch with her, probably my favorite. Oh. Uh 
I did like put your size up, put your size in this face, put your yeah. size in this face. <laughs> that was another joint. I wasn't a big fan of tongue ring. A lot, I know a lot of people like oh, it. Oh man, that was the shit, man. We, I wasn't a big fan of tongue ring. Is, the difference is both tie didn't go out like we did. So shout out to my shout out to homie Dab. Shout out to homie Pure. Hey man, so we'd be out. We was out like hey, Dab was getting loose. Hey man, you know that we had to we had to get Dab loose, man. But I remember AKA one time, the raw dog assassin. Raw dog. I remember <laughs> one time we was out with Pure, right? And Dab was in the car with us, so. We pull up to this little restaurant, and this young lady has a tongue ring on. And he was like, "Is it rusty?" And we died laughing. <laughs> and it was like, "I like, I mean, I like tongue ring. I like the, and I also like the the thing intro before the tongue ring." He's like, "Oh man, I got my bitch from 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 London now here." You're right. <laughs> I like weak ass bitch. Uh, I like the mafia. I like all like the first ten songs were classic. Like they honestly could have did the first Bruh. ten and, and then added the mafia song. At the end. And been done. Hey man, nah man, because they would have left out touch touch with it and bar. Them was some cuts, man. I thought that was I thought Barn was like number nine. Nah, Barn you bitches was like number thirteen or fourteen or something like that. That was toward the end of the album. Well, let me let me look because I could have sworn that. I was just like, pull, I just pulled it up. It was number thirteen, and touch with it was number seventeen. Man. Yeah, that was. A, then you had the mafia. The Memphis Mafia song was on was number eighteen. Yeah, that mug was just like I didn't really like the song with the Insane Clown Posse. But you know, I was just feeling like it was. That just wasn't it. I had a white dude I used to work with. He used to listen to that mug every day. So, but you know, shout out to that. Yay, man! So then also the war report came out today. That was one of my favorites, man. I remember listening to that. And I said, "Damn, these niggas is crazy." Yo, this nigga tragedy's actually rapping about like you know raping somebody. And then and the funny <laughs> thing is, they asked they asked Ron Artest, the "Who's your favorite rapper to come out of Queensbridge?" Most people will say Nas. He says tragedy. I said, "Oh yeah, the nigga met her now. I know the nigga's really crazy." He right. Said, <laughs> so it was just fun. It was just funny to me, man. So let me ask you this, both side. What you what you bumping right now? Oh, uh, I am bumping. <clears throat> excuse me. I am bumping that uh well I can't think of the damn name of it. It's the that Sammy album. It's his newest one. Probably came out a couple months ago. Who's uh, who is it? Sammy. S A M M I. You remember Sammy? Yes. Yeah, the, the don't touch live baby. Don't be saying a word. That's Sammy. Then he had a little song. Yeah. Then he had a song. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. So I've been bumping that here recently. Uh. But I tell y'all something that's pure fire right now that I'm on is that new Gold Link. Y'all need to check out that new gold. I didn't know he had a new that, one. I didn't know he had a new one out. Yo, that gold link is tough. And shout out to gold my brother. That's my brother said that that shit slaps. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, you know who gold link? You know who gold link's uncle is? Who? Wayne Perry, the dude from DC that was uh allegedly got all those bodies that's in the wow. supermax. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when the homie tried to run, Shrek Rec tried to run down on gold link last year over that young lady. Yeah, he might not want to be able to go back to DC. But go continue. Yeah. Yeah, Gold Link, I've been bumping that. I've been bumping that Sammy. Um I've been a couple songs off that that Dreamville that came out. Um it's like it's like two or three customers, it's like a little EP. Um I've been listening to Bozzy uh, still. Those are probably the three things that I've really been listening to here recently. But y'all, I d I didn't have that gold link in heavy repeat. And uh, shout out, shout out to the homie Crystal, aka Criddle. She she put me on. She was like, "Yo, did you know the Gold Link came out with a new one?" I'm like, "No, but thank you." <laughs> but that that joint is that joint is hot. Y'all need to check that out. 
Yeah, what about you, Michael? Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to have to listen to it. Uh, I mean, here lately, when I'm at the gym, I'm trying to find stuff just to get me going, man. And I told I told, I told our listeners, man, our fam, that I uh, I messed up and I lost all my music on my on my title. Yeah. Band. So I'm going to put all my music back together. So I've been just kind of going through listening to random stuff. So I, I like that Down Bad song by Dreamville, mm-hmm. the one with J. Cole. Uh, I actually yep. like that Her Love song. Have you heard that with Common and Daniel Caesar? Yeah, yeah I heard about that. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, I've been, I'm also ready for that new Freddie Gibbs and Madlib to come out. That Tom Janice is tight. Uh, like, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of one of those people. I'm all over the place in my music. I'm just kind of whatever whatever mood hits me, whatever I'm doing, man. I haven't found anything particularly new, new. I think the last new thing I've been who I've went and listened to a lot would be that Jim Jones. And I'm not even a Dipset fan. That I, mother, still, God, I still haven't. I haven't listened to the whole thing all the way through. When you put me on you put me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, those that know both of our friends, I'm a Dipset fan. Uh, but uh, Mike J put me on. I was like, hey, you know, your boy came out with something new. I probably heard, like, the first four cuts on it, so I need to finish listening to that. Yeah, he, that mug is it's, that mug is, is, uh, is, is cold, man. So I got a uh, – oh, I didn't know Rafael Sadiq had something new. I checked that out. But, uh, yeah, man, um, you know, besides, like, you know, Kirk Franklin and stuff like that, like the stuff that came out. But I, uh, I got to uh, definitely check it out. Yeah. But that's what that's what I'm on right now, man. So any any new music, anytime y'all send me something, I will listen to. The only thing I will not listen to is heavy metal and uh UK and UK trap music. You listen to you give me ah, that. You guys a hater. You yeah, UK trap music, man. Get the fuck up out of here with that. I have. Yeah, I mean, hold on, y'all. Did, did, did y'all did y'all draft Twenty One Savage's UK trap? I listen to Twenty One Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. I think he is. You know, considered. I don't know. Yeah, hey, they got some. They got some heat coming out from over there, man. Y'all don't let both. Y'all don't let Mike J. Uh, taint y'all's uh, views and and, and uh, musical selection, man. Y'all need Come to on, check it out. Man. Come on now. I, I'm. I'm gonna lead you to the promised land. I, you know, I am like the Harry, the Harry Tubman of this. I'm gonna lead you to the promised land. Don't don't let Bowtie get get you out there talking about you you uh you you listen to some tea and, tea and crimpets, but it sound like uh fuck up some commas. So <laughs> don't let me get you. Don't let don't let him don't let him to do that to y'all, man. But uh, all right, my brother Bowtie, man. It seems like I think this is for the good of the order, my brother. Give us go ahead a good quote to end off this week, my brother. I mean, this this week is going to be uh, dedicated to, to fresh beginnings. You know what I mean? Both personal, professional. This, this quote kind of stood out with Bowtie Fresh this week. So it says, forget your past, forgive yourself, and begin again. Uh, so like I said, that, that kind of stuck out to me just this week, past week and a half, really. Uh, just in, you know, transitioning and looking at life different ways and that sort of thing. And, you know, realizing the mistakes that I've made and wrongs that I've done and, and just wanting to uh, forgive myself. For, for certain things and, and just keep moving forward. And that's the that's the, that's the good word of Bowtie Fresh this week, y'all. And speaking of that, you always got to be able to forgive yourself because it's like, to me, and this is what I've heard, that, you know, that, that guilt is a, something that the enemy gives us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, uh, this, this team won't talk about that. But uh, just make sure you take that. You can't beat yourself up. Once you do it, apologize. You make amends to people. You make yep. amends to your whomever you believe in and keep it moving. Yep. All right. So uh appreciate y'all joining us, man. We sorry for the hiatus, man. Life you sometimes sometimes life gets in the way of this podcast, but you know, we love y'all. We appreciate the support. You know, check us out. We on Twitter, you know, Instagram, all our stuff. All our stuff will be in the episode description. If y'all have any music uh suggestions for us, hit us up. We will listen to it. And if it's something UK uh track music, Bowtie will take care of that. <laughs> Anything else? I will, we will check out, man. So so far, I've listened to Ty, Tyler the Creator. That's not normally in my 
in my spirit, but it's not bad. A little busy, but you know, I definitely, you know, it it, it wasn't bad, man. So, a little busy. Yeah, it's just some of it's just kind of like I don't know. It's just it's just a little busy. Like it could be like a little tighter, but uh, it, it was it was cool though. I see why he has such a fan base, but it wasn't like I wasn't like oh this is trash. I was like oh just, you know yeah. it's just it's just a little busy. But uh, definitely, man, we appreciate the support, and uh, we definitely will be back on on targets. This has been crazy with life getting in the way, but uh, yeah, we back. So we'll holler at y'all next week. That's right. In the words of Chris Brown, deuces. Hey, man, before you get off here, man, do you like that Beige Raid song with uh, your boy Chris Brown and Drake? Hey, man, you know, I'm always going to support my, my Beige brethren, man. Shout hey. out to the Beige. Hey, man, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to y'all. Leading, leading, and then leading to be emotional one step at a time. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we, we out of here. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.